Welcome to BitStorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. My name is Trevor Scott, and with me as always is Ben Slinger. Happy New Year! This episode will be releasing on New Year's Eve, so last one of 2018. Hey Trevor, we've managed yet another full year of... Well, wait, is it yet another? Or our first full year? How long have we been doing this now? Anyway, um, no, yet another full year yet another. <laughs> of non-stop weekly episodes. You're welcome. Yeah, sometimes they're a little bit late, but that's okay. Yes, yes, it was Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I get the, I get this message in the middle in the middle of uh, what was it Christmas Eve? It's like, oh, I suppose I better actually edit this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I still put it up um, in our RSS feed as if it had come out that morning, so nobody knows the better. <laughs> Except if they went to listen to it on Christmas Eve on the, in the morning. <laughs> I'm sure people, most people had better things to do. Yeah. But anyway, this so, week's episode. Uh, yes. Is our annual Game of the Year episode. We tried to do this for around about the last episode of the year. But, of course, we are not a regular gaming podcast, and we don't talk about real games on this podcast. Uh, Podcast, podcast, podcast. So, we have asked some friends and listeners to give us the pitch for their best imaginary Game of the Year, and we shall discuss them. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I think it was Did we get many responses? No, we did not. <laughs> because we yeah, are we kind of bad. Only put it in one place. And we are then, bad at social media. Yes, we're very bad at social media. And yeah, I even said um, that we'll record it this weekend. Um, that was like, it's now Friday evening. <laughs> 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 and I put this up over a week ago. So, um, yeah, so we've got, we've got, we've got three, yeah. so three, we've got three comments from the AGPN guys. Three pitches um, from I've got a pitch. amazing games that came out in 2018. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, whatever. Uh, and yeah, we, if we if we can't stretch that into into an hour, then we'll we've got some of our own game of the years that we shall also look at. So shall yes. we begin? Yes, we shall. Top to bottom. Top to bottom. So thank you to Brendan White. For the first suggestion today. Brendan White from the Hungry Gamers podcast and the 8-Bit Collective. Thank you, yes. Brendan. Dinosaurs wearing Nikes eating pizza. That would make an awesome tattoo. I'm not sure how we'll turn it into a game, but let's see. Okay. So, I've got this idea. Um, it's an alternate universe mm-hmm. where... Instead of humans evolving from monkeys, humans evolved from dinosaurs. Okay. Um, and interestingly, some- birds evolved from monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> so they're hairy with they're- prehensile tails. <laughs> yes, and butt wings. They still they still manage to evolve wings, whereas awesome. dinosaurs sort of headed towards the more humanoid ish. Yeah, so I'm direction. I'm picturing these humanoids have have like maybe some greenish skin or tones to to their skin but for the most part you you picture it as as sort of like um a regular human a, a regular human okay um so i think the intro to this to this world is you've got this um i don't want to go guy so i'm thinking thinking girl mm-hmm. i'm now trying to think of a good name um rock rexan <laughs> rexan um and um, she's she's got her friend um, uh, Daisy. Sure. Yeah. So you got Rexanne and Daisy. Um, I kind of like Ro- Rexanne. That's well, what that's about? Quite cool. Well, maybe her friend should be Ceratops. <laughs> Daisy, it is okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the intro movie is that they're they're sitting in this pizza joint. Um, and but did you say movie? You, oh, the intro movie, no, right? Sorry, the intro, like the intro to the movie. I'm like, Trevor. No, we've done 107 episodes. We're making games, not movies. Yes, right. The intro, intro movie, movie into game. the game. Okay. So it's um, they're sitting in this pizza pizza shop. Um, whether it's like a 
a Pizza Hut or something, something like that. But maybe, um, maybe better. But better, but a better dinosaur pun. <laughs> yeah, but a better yeah. dinosaur pun. Okay. Um, What's on the pizza? Oh, there you go. Pizza pit. Pizza pit. As in okay. tar pit. Yeah. Good. I like it. <laughs> um, and they just happen to be wearing Nikes because they've just finished the basketball game. Um, when all of a sudden, like these terrorists sort of bust through the window. Uh, you, do you mean uh, pterodactylists? Pterodactylists come through, um, kidnap Daisy. Okay. And, and now you, um, Rexanne have to, have to go on, on this, this mission to, to sure. sort of save. Sure. Sure. So um, what sort of gameplay are we thinking? For some reason, I, it popped into head as, as sort of a side scrolling brawler, um, or, or like a Metroidvania in the, yeah. in the sense of like, like shadow complex style, like with the 3D. Do you know the 3D sort of style? I mean, we sort of it. it it's still through. Like it's a 2D, um, 2D play space for the most part, but you are still interacting with things in the background and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. I mean, I've just been playing a bit of a Guacamole again, so I'm I'm really in into the um, Metroidvania style of sure, of, of course, gameplay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, so I'm just wondering if you've got a few different like. Um, You've you've got sort of maybe some time periods that you're going through, so you got <laughs> okay. current time and then you got like uh, prehistoric time, sort of going through. Well, like when I say when dinosaurs but it's- were actual dinosaurs, like we know them. Yeah, and maybe then you got a future a future thing as well. So you're going through these these two D levels that um, at first you're going through the one time period, but then like, so you switch wait, into how the other time period does- as well. Is Rexanne traveling through time then? I think so. Yes. Okay, and so how does that come about? Because all we know is that pterodactylists have stolen her friend. Did they have some sort of time travel tech? Um, yeah, I think I think um, what's actually happened is like the meteor that was supposed to like wipe out the dinosaurs that didn't quite wipe uh-huh. out the dinosaurs in this uh-huh. universe. Um, like there's little uh, little shards of of that, and basically you can you can um at first only go through certain portals that are around in the world but as you as you get more um sort of more skills and that sort of stuff yeah, in the world yeah. you can you can start being able to flip between these two time periods really oh, quickly and then so you don't you no longer need portals so is this sort of yeah, one of these like you go. um i haven't actually played it but did link to the past do this sort of thing where you're like flipping between the same space in different worlds basically yeah so okay, yeah, I get it. So and a little bit of that guacamole style thing of the like shadow, yeah, being able to shadow flip, world flip between the shadow world and and, and not. Yeah, um, but in this case, it might be you flip back and you're in like a jungle and there's an actual T Rex there. That, but like you need to do that. Yeah. You need to run through the T Rex's legs because that you need to get through a wall that has been built there in your current time period. Yeah, and. And you know, in in this earlier time period, you're going through these ruins, so you can you can sort of jump up these these sort of sections. But you get to this one little part, and you know, there's a wall in front, so you f- you flip back to um into the present, and that wall is completely crumbled, so you can jump across. But then, yeah. you know, uh, one of the platforms above is is um, crumbled, so you can flip back into the. Yeah, well, into I the like future. the idea. Then, if you've got the three time periods, I feel like you could do some really interesting and and get fairly complex with. The puzzling if you have to switch to the future as well, uh, and then you do have like advanced tech and like hover platforms and stuff that might be there um, that aren't in any of the others. Yeah, or so- even or what could be cool is if you can. So, like, I think as you gain your skills, like yeah, like you said, initially you need portals to switch back and forth, mm-hmm. um, but then maybe you gain access to just being able to flip back to the prehistoric and back to the present. And then similarly, you know, you start finding portals to the future and then you're able to um, flip between all three. But I like the idea that you can put down portals uh, so that you can create puzzles where it's things like, oh, there's a like a laser in the future, but you put a portal in front of it and that laser get- goes through the portal into the prehistoric times and like blasts a fucking triceratops or something. <laughs> um, yeah, I like it. Yeah. Or like okay, yeah. so I, I think this um, when you when you go to the future at one stage, um, you end up in this um, sort of place where the new Nikes that you pick up, um, they actually have like jump jets 
in them. So you oh, can yeah. you can get higher higher jumps. Are they also so, like self tying? Are they the Back to the Future Nikes? Um, yeah, but I, I'm I'm kind of picturing that they're not like super um, super futuristic. That in the fact that the jump jets that you've actually got are like hydraulic sort of things, so that they're almost steampunkyish. <laughs> okay. So um, I know I just I kind of like that idea of that that visual style of. The further into the future that you go, like in, um, the more almost, you know, steampunky or retro it sort of <laughs> ends up looking. Right. <laughs> like they've discovered the actual, like, yeah. the second level of steam power where now it's, now it's more, more efficient again. Okay. So, yeah, we've got, we've got this idea for Rexan. Um, what, what do you reckon about these terrorists? What, what do you think is actually going to happen to, um, Daisy in, in between. Uh, is it, is it going to be kind of like um, the original Prince of Persia in that you occasionally get like a, um, a a bit of the story that's going on upstairs, even though, you know, you, the yeah, character, Yeah, there notice? could be, or maybe like this crew of, of terrorists, pterodactyl terrorists, um, like leave someone behind to try to deal with you. They notice that you're, that you're catching and following. And so you get these mini boss fights and that like, Gives you a sense of of what's happening because you get some exposition before you fight them, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe you know a glimpse of, yeah, maybe a glimpse of the conversation before you show up, sort of thing, and so you see the terrorist leader with Daisy and, um, and get yeah get a sense for what's going on. Um, so so I guess they're traveling who, who through do, time. Who do you as reckon well. the, ter- the terrorist leader is? Um, like, I think it's it's like a politician or something like that. That's. Um, Okay. Sort of well known, but you know, sort of tries to keep keep a um, clean image on the outside, but is really funding these terrorist groups to try and do some stuff. So, what are they actually trying to do? Are they trying to change well, history? Think, is this why they're going back in time? I are think they- what what you actually find out is Daisy's actually part of like the the ancient royal family. Okay, and and so Daisy's got like a, this um, special like. Well, because she's part of the royal bloodline, she actually her blood can open can open this tomb or something like that. Okay, so pretty pretty straightforward um, video game logic. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I kind of like the idea of them talking about this, uh, like prophecies and that sort of stuff. Um, you know, this politician. Um, I'm not even sure what his name should be. Yeah, sorry, I'm still tr- I'm trying to think of a Lara Croft dinosaur pun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, the politician's probably just, like, his name's Terry Dactyl. <laughs> 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 or, like, Terry A. Nadon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, I like the idea, then, though, that your upgrades, because you're talking like you find the new Nikes. Yeah. That they're all shoe-based. Or, like, accessories on your shoes or something. <laughs> like, you get new soles. You get new laces and that, like... The laces are what lets you, you know, flip to the past for some reason. Um, and you can choose the colours and, like, you can really pimp out your shoes. Mm-hmm. And we'll get we'll get top sponsorship from Nike, too, for doing this. So, it'll help fund the game. <laughs> um, I don't think anyone will mind the in-your-face advertising when you get to yep. do cool shit to your shoes and travel through time. So, what, what, do you, what do you think about this game? Do you, do you think that this, this could definitely be a Game of the Year contender? Oh, I mean, it's a contender just for being on this episode, right? Yeah. I think that uh, the team behind uh, um, ba- uh, Rex, Rex to the Past, <laughs> uh, look, they knocked it out of the park. Obviously, it's, it's right up there with the um, other games we are going to talk about tonight. Now, should should I reveal to you like some of some of my thoughts as to as to where I got some of these ideas from? Uh, sure, if you want to give us a look <laughs> behind the curtain, um, you're going to hate me for this, but Super Mario Brothers, the movie, the video game <laughs> <laughs> from our very first episode. Yeah. Is that, are they, wait, are they, did you rehash some of your ideas from that or you just no, took the idea of like dinosaurs? Because you never, you never let me go into that game. This is actually what that was originally going to be. 
Hence why I've got Princess Daisy. Oh, we Daisy. didn't actually oh, no, talk about gonna... it. <laughs> right. I was going to talk about the prophecy about two plumbers and... <laughs> oh, God. Trevor. <laughs> it's only taken you a year and a half to bring it back. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, Brendan. <laughs> Thank you, Brendan. That was that was a definitely a, definitely a contender for Game of the Year there. Uh, okay. Let's move on to our next contender for this evening. Thank you to Sam Harkin from The Inconsolables. Good for friend suggesting of ours. Thank you. Music, mixing, Spider-Man, skateboarding. Yeah, those are some words, all right? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I mean, music mixing, I immediately think of, uh, what was that? Drop? Yeah, drop mix. Drop mix, which Sam was a big fan of, so I assume that's where that's coming from. Uh, now, the controller for Dropmix was only ever used for Dropmix. Surely they can, you know, utilize that on some different games. So. Okay. okay. I'm thinking something, using the Dropmix controller. Me. Well, I think that um, the Dropmix controller is just one part of it. You use yeah. a normal controller. Oh, okay. But, um, it's like a secondary. It's kind of like the um, Games to Life at, like aspect, but for, but for, for, a a Spider-Man, for a Spider-Man skateboarding game. Yeah. So, I think in this, the the sort of powers that, that your Spider-Man skateboarder can actually get are based on the music that you're currently mixing. Yeah. So, as you're playing the game with your normal controller, if you if you want to be able to, you know, do um, um, double double web, web slinging um, to propel yourself along on the skateboard. Um, double web slide to, you- to, um, to kickflip to- Yeah. 360 bone grind. Yeah, yeah. you know Spider-Man so, loves a 360 bone grind. <laughs> of course he does. Um, so I'm picturing picturing that you got to actually, you know, set up set up your music mix depending on what powers you actually want your Spider-Man slash skateboarder to have. Maybe mm. maybe you play both characters. What half the game you're playing sort of Spider-Man. The mm-hmm. other half of the game you're playing Peter Parker, who is a pro skateboarder in this universe. Sure, sure. So. Uh- Anything goes in the Spider-Man universe these days. Pretty much. Um, it's part of the Spider-Verse. This is um, Peter Q. Parker. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's an awesome, like, skateboarder. And then Spider-Man, you know, is and just he definitely, awesome as there's Spider-Man. there's definitely an in-game version of, like, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, except it's Peter Parker Pro Skater. Yeah. Um, that you get to also play. <laughs> Peter no, Parker's downhill jam. Um, yeah, yeah. Peter, Peter Parker, Parker underground. <laughs> yeah. Good old, good old P-Pug. P-Pug 2. That was the classic. <laughs> P-Pug 2. That's awesome. Um, so, um, but then obviously the game itself, you know, why wouldn't Spider-Man utilize his pro skater, skateboard skills while, solving, while fighting crime? Um, oh, I'm just I'm just imagining him throwing like a um a skateboard at someone. It hits him in the face. Then he then he you know web, he just um, webs it back. Yeah, webs it back straight under his feet, and he's or he's like skateboarding. or like web flings himself forward and just catches the skateboard with his feet. Which of course, like he has complete control over. He has fucking sticky spider feet. He's never going to yep. lose that board except when he wants to. Um, oh yeah, so he can do he some can, awesome he can moves. Um, kick out and smack someone in the face with, yeah, with, with the board, the, um, and just bring his foot back. It's still attached. It's still attached. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, so, are we thinking you, Love s- it. you basically you have the board at all times? It just gives you an extra move set, and then, yep. well, so the drop mix controls. Yeah, maybe that's just setting up the combos that you're yeah that you're able to to do. Uh, and obviously the music that's playing. I think it should still affect the music. Oh yeah, it affects it affects the music. But um, I'm, I'm picturing that Spider-Man slash Peter Parker has um, like his own personal like um, you know iPod or something like that. Something in this universe in which he, oh, totally. yeah, yeah, he yeah. can like DJ mix whatever he whatever he wants to listen to. Oh yeah, and I love the idea of you when you, you put down a new card and you see him like fiddling, sort of reaching down and fiddling. He's got something on his shoulder. He's got like an iPod shuffle. One of those little mini ones that clips on. <laughs> uh, I kind of like the idea, though, of this, of this less of a, you know, open world, full story Spider-Man game, like the amazing actual Spider-Man game that came out this year. Um, and, and more of a kind of casual, not casual, but like 
It's, it's, it's sim- just like similar the to Tony, Tony Hawk's. Games. Yeah, well, similar to Tony Hawk's, you're doing like a run. You got a level, and you got a two minutes to do the run, and the run could be beat the shit out of these people, and you know, score two thousand points um, while doing tricks. Um, yeah, and like do a you know, like web drop, up, web drop from yeah, drop from five hundred meters. Five hundred meters. That's a long way. Uh, five hundred meters and land on a half pipe without falling over. <laughs> 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 no, I'm just picturing like um, web web up um, three enemies while manually. <laughs> yes. <laughs> kick flip over this gap and um, <laughs> kick flip over the gap and kick this guy in the face <laughs> while flipping off this other guy. <laughs> Um, this is indeed- that would actually be awesome. <laughs> it would be. This is why it's a game of the year contender. Um, there's there's this indie um, game being developed that is a kind of a cross between Max Payne and Tony Hawk, um, okay. which is like, you're like skateboarding around, but you've got guns and you can sort of go into slow motion. I feel like that guy needs to get the Spider-Man license and just like combine combine that and make this game because mm-hmm. that'd be fucking sweet. Just like yeah. Transfer up a pipe or whatever. <laughs> Probably using completely wrong terms. Um, slow down time. You know, web onto that guy. Swing around him. You know, release as you're going. Like kick your board off into this other guy. It automatically, you know, webs it back under your feet when you land. Yeah, it'd be fucking yeah. sweet. All right. Cool. So, what's this game called? I feel like I feel like we need to name them this week. For the- is it just you know Spider-Man Pro Skater? <laughs> No, it's Peter Parker's it's Peter Underground. Pa- no, but that's the one that's that's the that's the in fiction version where Peter Parker ah. is actually a pro skater. <laughs> okay, Spider Man pro skater then. Um, Spider Man BMX triple X. Spider Man mixing the decks. <laughs> Spider Man what? Mixing the decks. Oh, mixing so you, the decks. Oh, right. Of course, so I've got that. So you've not only got like the the drop mix oh, deck, that's deck pretty good. Thing, and then you've got like the actual you actually like decks. deck. Yeah, deck. Yeah. Oh, that's a good word. All right, mixing the awesome. decks. Sweet. All right. Introduce our third one. Yeah, let's do that. So, Mister Kellen Davison, uh, who has also been on the podcast and is from the Game Train podcast on the AGPN, has. Uh, Suggested Bitstorm podcast, sunglasses emoji. I feel like we should incorporate the sunglasses emoji. <laughs> okay. Some, so, the one word that I actually I'm vetoing is podcast. Okay. So, it's just so, Bitstorm sunglasses emoji. <laughs> so, are we, so, are we interpreting- What uh, a Bitstorm would actually what be. What a Bitstorm would be. So, we can, I was- We can incorporate podcast in there somewhere. We'll see. Yeah, maybe. Um, it's not. It's not high on my list. So um, it's not so, a game about us doing this podcast. Oh hell no! Um, it's not like a visual novel. So what I was <laughs> where we fall in love. What I was picturing Trevor. is that it's stop it. Um, <laughs> what I was picturing is that this character knows he's in a video game, a la uh, Wreck It Ralph sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And one day he goes outside, um, ready to to face the. Um, the challenges you know, the, of the day. The challenges of, mm-hmm. of the game that he's he's in, only to see, like, there's this, this huge storm of, like, bits. Ones and zeros. Ones, zeros, um, and basically two. turning everything around the area into effectively, like, uh, different eras of, of um, game technology. So- Oh, interesting. You've got sort of like eight bit graphics, then you've got sixteen bit graphics, and then you've got thirty two bit graphics and and sort of beyond. Um, yeah. When they stopped using bits to to describe graphics. Yeah. But I, I just like the idea of you know, the eight this eight bit storm that, that attacks this particular game, then your character has to sort of get out of there and, and when he when he gets into like this other harbour, you actually finds out that all these other um all these other other games have been attacked by this by the storm. Okay, so it's a it's a game jumping thing in in the Wrecker Ralph style. In the Wrecker Ralph style, but I'm, I'm we, picturing it could be maybe like, incorporated in the universe somewhere. But it's um, 
it's like at a different arcade. Oh, okay. Because I'm picturing it's uh, in uh, an arcade. Oh, or- all right. I was thinking more. Um, that maybe Steam it's like libraries. on someone's yeah, someone's <laughs> PC, because I was picturing the guy. I mean, statistically, it's a video game. It's probably a guy. Um, as being maybe something a bit more recent than than like Wreck It Ralph, which is obviously an old uh, arcade cabinet sort of one screen sort of thing. I'm thinking this person has a bit more. Like maybe they have a daily challenge sort of thing because their game is still being updated and supported. Um, because because I feel like you could explore a little bit of that to begin with, uh, and and maybe that is just the opening cinematic, or maybe it's actually part of the game where you play this person and they're an NPC in like fucking you know like a modern day. I don't know. I was I was going to Stardew Valley, mm-hmm. but. I was more thinking just something where they have like a routine, right? That's that's okay. more than just you know Wreck It Ralph destroy the building and watch it be fixed again and be defeated. It's like, oh, it's Monday, so I need to be here from this time to this time, and I need to be talking to this person at this time. And you know, for them, that's totally normal. That's just what they do every Monday. They have the same conversations and they go to the same places until yeah, things get disrupted. Um, I was thinking also, I like the idea of the, the bit storm. I wonder if it's only like within the bit storm, which is maybe moving that things change. So it's not changing things permanently as such. And there might be more than one of these storms, but um, as it comes and kind of takes over a game or, a, or a couple of games, cause maybe there is sort of a physical layout to where each of these games are. Um, you go, do you, so do you go out like, you go out into the streets and there's steam everywhere <laughs> and valves. <laughs> it's a very steampunk. Yeah. Like um, rogue rogue microtransactions. So what streets. I kinda like is the fact that maybe you can we can limit this to currently the Bitstorm is in- infected like these um four different games. Okay. And I'm thinking almost your lead character is is sort of like, um, well, I'm thinking it's pretty much the emoji with sunglasses. Oh well, let's bring that in. Yeah, totally. So your your guys sort of like remember the game Cool World? I'm thinking th- <laughs> yeah. this is like a, a different a different sort of maybe a sequel to Cool World. Wait, which Cool World like, or Cool Spot? Or Cool Spot, either one. Well, Cool World they was a movie, did do a game. I think. Yeah, but they did- I'm pretty sure there was a SNES game of Cool World. Yeah, yep. there was. Uh, which is a weird fucking movie to turn into a video game. Yep. Like, yes, it had cartoon characters on it, but they were also, like, fucking and- <laughs> <laughs> Like, there was an R-rated movie. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Cool Spot. Like, just a circle with some- So, wait, is that your character then? So, you're from a game where those are your, like, um, the beings that live within that world? Yeah, I, They're I'm, all think, kind I'm thinking of different that, emoji-looking things. Um, yeah, it's it's sort of like a maybe maybe it's sort of like the um, the emoji movie got turned into a video game. Oh, and- fuck. Okay, <laughs> but not, right. not so much that. But um, no, we what- can do that. We can what, do that. What, what I'm like. What's what the I'm poop emoji the up to? Oh, is he still God. voiced by Patrick Stewart? Of course he is. Give some semblance, you know, some yeah. some realness to yeah. to oh, the. Yeah. Um, to the shit, to the pixel, to the chocolate shit. ice cream emoji. Um, <laughs> that's what I keep on saying to my son. It is. It's chocolate ice cream. Oh god! Well, you're going to ruin him for life because he's going to be hey, talking to a girl okay. when he's sixteen, and he's going to be like, "Hey, you want to go get some <laughs> chocolate ice cream emoji?" Have you looked at the vanilla ice cream emoji and seen that the swirl is the exact same shape as the poop emoji? So, are you knew, you're now saying that the, that the vanilla ice cream is actually old poop? <laughs> uh, I think you, know, you need it dries to- out and it goes I think white. it really <laughs> depends on which, um, which emoji set you're looking at. Because in some, the ice cream emoji is very different than the poop emoji. And the poop yep. is clearly a turd. Okay, Some anyway. of them are definitely turdish. Um, okay, so I think that there's no way of actually defeating the Bitstorm at the very start. Like, you you realise that it's infected your game and it's 
this sort of localized storm that sort of moves around the area. But yeah, I think bigger, I think you get like- given some tasks as an NPC, and like we really go into that. You know, we have some have some discussions about oh, like I wonder if the player is going to you know come on today or something. Yep. But then yeah, after you've done a couple things, you like all of a sudden maybe you're indoors and all of a sudden everything turns like eight bit. And it's a other previously it was like a full 3D game. Yeah. And then maybe it passes quite quickly and you're just like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and then, you know, you, tr- you travel into this other game after, after a while, maybe in the second, the second third of the game, you're traveling between the, um, the four different games and, mm-hmm. you know, it turns into a 16 bit sort of thing. So it feels like Super NES graphics and 32 bit where it feels like a Sony PlayStation game sort of thing. And, um, at one point, know. it becomes a text adventure. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one bit or two bits or whatever they want to call know. it. Um, that, that could actually be kind of cool, just playing around with all the different sort of old, old school games. Yeah. So, what, uh, what are the other games then? Are we going with actual games from real life or are we coming up with sort of, Fake versions of the you know, fake the, versions that sort, sort of, of like just in, you, like that sort of are the um uh, you know the archetype of of particular genres. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of thinking that you have got a Need for Speedy sort of um game. Yep. you've got a GTA kind of game. Okay, like an open world something, openish world that um has so many um so many areas sort of roped off that you can't go into, um <laughs> right. and. And that's a that's our little comment on um on DLC because it's like you haven't purchased this bit yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, like this this play is totally cheap. I want to go to the strip club. The only, the only time that you can actually go there is when it turns into like the the Legend of Zelda style thing oh, where all of a you, you can walk out because and- because microtransactions didn't exist then. Is that what you're yeah. saying? But then you get right to the door of the strip, strip club. And it's like out of memory. <laughs> Please insert disc twenty three. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, and then the other game is like a well. Okay, go on. Yeah, I was thinking maybe a first person shooter sort of thing. Okay, well, I um, wonder if that you- turns into a text adventure because <laughs> <laughs> that so wouldn't work. It is so left, funny. Fire, <laughs> fire at you. Turn left by. Um, turn left three degrees. <laughs> it's like it's like you you uh, you you fire off a blast from your hand cannon and miss the imp by you know uh, fifty centimeters to the left. <laughs> so, all right, turn right two degrees. <laughs> you he are dead. Moved. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I was wondering if there's actually, like, I like the idea that you go and visit an old 16 or 8-bit game because maybe they know what's going on. Uh, like, this guy has some emulators installed on his computer. Uh, mm-hmm. But they're not not—they're illegal. They're illegal ROMs. So, you have to leave Steam or whatever. Uh, like, leave the safety of the official game library. <laughs> yeah. And go wandering off through the computer to find the directory with the illegal ROMs. Uh, and you probably stumble across some porn. On the way, we can allude to that. It's like, hmm, maybe the ROMs are in program files, documents, boring work, more work, definitely not porn, porn. <laughs> and then hidden right inside there is some real documents. It's like, oh, come on. <laughs> it's actually a video of a naked woman reading your actual documents. Okay, then the end of this game is... Um, is you sort of you clear out the the other games and you get back to yours and and you clear out most of it, mm-hmm. but just just as you're sitting down to relax, it sort of zooms out and you see like maybe this small little um, thing behind the chair just all of a sudden changes like from you know the fully fully rendered into like a, a pretty flat um, texture or something like that, right? Or maybe it's his, like maybe it's his wife or something. Um- Comes in the room and she's she's she's, she's the clown emoji, <laughs> <laughs> and she's all pixelated and shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And she's she just like says in her PC speaker voice, 
<laughs> Hello, darling. Would you like something? Uh? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dun, dun, dun. Let's put a pin in that game. All right. Is it just called Bitstorm? It is called Bitstorm. Yeah, that's that's, that's good. <laughs> All right, so, so those are the three from our AGPN family. You have a pitch, and yes. you will go first, so I can come up with a pitch. <laughs> <laughs> so, the other day I sent you a message. Yeah. Um, and, and I've it, completely forgotten what it, it contains. So this is a, a new surprise. A game that basically, on the last day of work, I was, I was going into work, I had in my bag a Frisbee. And I was just yes. thinking- how cool would it be to actually have like a capture the flag style game, but instead of a flag, there's a frisbee in which you got to sort of grab from, um, grab from the opposition's team. And, but when you actually have the frisbee, it's effectively like netball rules in that you cannot move with the frisbee. You have to actually throw it onto your next partner, but then you can move again. Mm-hmm. Um, I started adding in a few a few extra things that we can talk about or not, but, um, but that's the general gist. That's the general gist in that it's an actual team game in which you have to you have to work together to get the frisbee back to um, back to your base. Yeah. So um, how um, how freeform are you thinking this frisbee is? Is it literally like so? Is this first person or third person to start with? Um, well, originally I was thinking, could this work in VR? But then, because the, the physical action of throwing a frisbee is always fun, yeah. Um, and that sort of adds to, like, I, I love VR, and there's just not enough multiplayer games out there. And yes, they got you know, um, what's it called out there? Um, Echo Arena and that sort of stuff, which kind of has a frisbee thing in it. But this being being based in a sort of multi level almost office structure, mainly because I was at at my workplace Work. and it's mm-hmm. a multi-play, uh, multi-level structure that I'm like, oh, this could actually be awesome to to sort of, you know, be able to um, have different um, stairs going up and down levels and you have to get, like, the Frisbee to a certain place. Um, that, you um, can't just... Yeah. Uh, I like the idea of the Frisbee a lot. I feel like an office building sort of thing wouldn't give you enough um, good open areas to really get a good throw in, though. You'd be doing a lot so of close-ups, sort of. What, what actually what actually happens with the place that I work at is there's like this huge um, area in the centre that is basically um, it's right in the centre of the building. You can see all the way across because every um, all the all the levels are sort of opened up, mm-hmm. so you could actually get like a nice throw happening across the um. Okay, so like the- sort of across a big open area. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that yeah. Why, okay. So that could why lead- you have to sort of set up, you know, um, your positions and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, now, need, wrinkle- you don't want to have blocked line of sight to yeah. the rest of your team when you catch the frisbee because yeah, you literally can't move. The wrinkles that I started adding in is if you don't have control of the frisbee, you have access to weaponry such as guns and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, gunplay is so much fun. Well, I think it's um, basically, yeah. I mean, I was basically thinking of it as a first person or third person shooter along the lines of, like, even like going back to tribes, like the one of the earlier team based yeah. sort of things. Yeah. So, one of the one of the things that I came up with that you really liked is when you actually um, when you don't have the have the frisbee, you've got you know shields and um, <coughs> like a shield sort of that uh, can regenerate and all this sort of stuff. Yep. Um, as well as your health. But when you actually catch the Frisbee, one of the things that actually happens is it immediately drops your shields to zero. So, all you've right. got left is your health. Yep. Um, and so, that's why, you know, you can't just hold onto the onto the Frisbee because then you're, you're literally a target. Um, and I'm picturing that, like, this red aura comes across you so that you're sort of highlighted mm. um, so that people know who's actually got the Frisbee somewhere. right now. Um I'm thinking, you know, normally if you if you don't have the frisbee and you got shields, um, you got like a blue aura, and the second that that you you catch catch hold of the the frisbee, you know, you get like a red aura. If yeah, you're on say, the blue the, team, to show that you're vulnerable, yeah. basically, yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, I, I like the idea of also <clears throat> having whether it's I don't know power ups or, or some sort of special abilities that you can. 
that you can gain where and maybe one of them is oh the next time you catch the frisbee you'll actually get double shields instead of drop your shields or something right so you can sort of use yep. that to strategize all right like we're going to be open here you know we need you know maybe there's only two two of us left on our team you know you're sort of passing it back and forth but there's going to be a big open space where someone needs to hold the frisbee for longer so it's like all right like we're going to fire off our, our you know shield doubler or whatever um next time you catch it yes yeah, so uh, i was also thinking that um there, there's respawn that can actually happen for your team. Yeah. So you're not completely out, but I'm thinking it's kind of like an Overwatch in that you got like 10 seconds before you respawn. Yeah, and maybe um, maybe there's a and you respawn I mean, I at guess, the base that you have to like run out. I was going to say you were saying it's sort of king of the hill and holding onto the frisbee for longer, but is it? Uh, I wonder if having to get the frisbee somewhere as yeah, well, may, or maybe w- at some whether, level whether at least. it be um, king of the hill in, in the fact that yeah. Literally, it's it's all about your team holding onto the frisbee for as long as possible. So it's not yeah. even about getting it back to the base, but it's actually more about um, keeping things off the other yeah, team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I think um, you could do different levels. Uh, you know, similar to Overwatch has that where okay, well, this level's uh, a king of the hill level, but this other level is like an objective level where it's get the frisbee from this end to that end, yeah, and hold it there for a certain amount of time or something. Um, um, and if you manage to, you know, get the um, get the frisbee all the way down the other end you know you get one point but yeah yeah, yeah, if, yeah. If, you, if you happen to kill like a bird then you get like 700 points <laughs> <laughs> we're not playing mittens here <laughs> oh, i had to bring it in because i just thought of it um no uh, so- okay well I, I like the idea then then let's talk about what the other team can do to to intercept the frisbee um, I mean, obviously, you can just if if someone does a long throw, you can just jump up and grab it, right? Like yeah. if they do a sort of one of those nice long close to the ground throws, then you can just run in the middle, you can grab it. It's like ah shit, you know, intercepted. Um, I like the idea that you can shoot the frisbee out of the air, but it's really difficult. Um, oh, but how how cool would it be to like shoot it out of the air, pick it up, and or shoot it out of the shoot air it out into the, air the hands one of your of- opponents? Yeah, one of your team members only I mean, catches it. Yeah. Catches it, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're you're the most awesome person in the world. Yeah. Um, oh, and then I wonder I, if I there are thinking- some sort of ultimate style abilities where you can do things like grapple, you know, the frisbee in the air and pull it towards you or something. Or just like, or maybe you've got like a big air blaster that doesn't actually completely derail it. It just like veers it off course. Different mm-hmm. thing, different ways you can just, yeah, like affect someone's throw to sort of alter their strategy. So they're like, ah, shit, they've got this character or this weapon. You know, we, we need to keep the, the, the throws short and sweet and stay close together rather than, you know, some, we've got a really good thrower on the team and they so can throw it really far. The timer continues to go up for your team while you either have possession or it's in flight between you and your next player. Yeah. If it hits the ground before, yeah. before getting to your next player- it instantly um, stops stops your your counter yep. and returns to being neutral. Yeah. If yeah, if, if it gets intercepted, <clears throat> it's an immediate turnover sort turnover, of turnover. Yeah. The the idea being that you know you you really want to um, know where the person that has the frisbee is, but you don't want to be able to know where everyone else is. Yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's fine because then you can do surprise attacks and, and ambushes and things. Uh, but yeah, the team who has the frisbee. Well, I like the idea then that you know, if someone's holding the frisbee, you can see where they are. Once they've thrown it, I think that fades. Maybe you have like an after image of this is where they the frisbee was last seen or last known. But I think while it's in the air, you don't know. So it could actually be a good strategy to do longer throws because they're you know the whole team's heading over to this place where the frisbee was last seen, but actually they threw it you know two hundred meters because they did a real good even throw over a long field, mm-hmm. and suddenly it pops up on their screen. Oh shit! Player Orlay is over there has got it. Um, so I'm picturing here's something I didn't actually get to get to tell you about. I like the idea that there's actually kind of like in Overwatch how you got the different sort of levels of people in that you've got your attacking sort of people, you've got your um, defending sort of people, you've got your tanks. Um, yep. I was sort of thinking that you've got sort of like people who, who lay down defense. So their whole idea is to, to sort of shield the other players. Um, you know, they can be sort of more like linebacker sort of, sort of people. So you actually have like places on the team in, in that, you know, this person um, right, is really fast to be able to get to, um, get to position and be able to catch it 
and but the, they're not so good in the way of throwing throwing the um, frisbee. Yeah. Whereas you've got centers who who are almost like the quarterback who can throw it a long way because and they've got almost more stabilizing sort of stuff so they get more accurate straight mm. throws. Mm. Um, yeah, I like that. And I just I just like the idea of being able to have you know you can have your sniper sort of character who um who's all about you know sort of picking off picking off um yeah like the support picking off the person who actually has the frisbee sort of thing if yeah. you could, if you can be really good with that well and um, you could have you, see you the know glow su- come up bang <laughs> maybe you have got support characters who have powers like being able to hide the aura or something so you know while they're on them or or while that power lasts or something you can hold onto the frisbee without it showing up on everybody else's radar or yeah. screen or whatever. And, um, yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of potential there for different strategies and different wrinkles you could bring into it. I like that yep. a lot. So do I. I've I've just got this. It it, it just looks sort of um, Overwatchy in the way of in the way of the character art style, but mm-hmm. the actual like area is sort of more mundane. Yeah, um, because well, I like it, the idea of that too, of, with sort of brighter char- characters in a in a in like, less saturated sort of rundown space. Yeah, so that they really pop when, yeah. you, when you see them. Yeah, um, and just I'm, I'm picturing some of the um, different ideas that you can you can bring into it, and in, if you've got good team play and that sort of stuff. Oh yeah, definitely. Like communication is going to be key to really place yourself well for each throw and. Um, I'm picturing one of the other modes is like a hot potato mode. Um, in the fact that when you, oh, when, you when you're holding frisbee, it, like you've got three seconds to, to get rid of the frisbee. Or it explodes. Um, yeah. I, I'm thinking from the time that you pick it up, you've got, um, three seconds in the, in the air, the timer gradually re- resets to three. So oh, if you do a short so throw, yeah, it might not refresh all the way. It may not refresh all the way. It may I like the be- I like the idea of uh, representing that in the frisbee itself, like the color of it or the speed of the flashing or something. So, yeah. like, you're a team, yeah, you're one of the team members, and you grab it, and it's just like flashing super quickly. You just know that you got to throw it immediately, no matter. But that's what. when you throw it to your opposition. T- <laughs> you throw it straight into oh, the opposition. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, catch yeah. it, bang, it explodes. And then you pick up you pick up the refreshed one from, <laughs> from the dead corpse. And- <laughs> that's a good strategy. Um, um, I like the idea of a mode where interceptions are actually... Like, maybe interceptions are... Well, it wouldn't make sense for interceptions to be lethal. Or maybe it would, because it would stop the other person's timer. But I'm thinking of, yeah, like, touching... Touching the frisbee while it's while it belongs to the other team like does a ton of damage or something, so you have to really use a lot more of the like shoot it out of the air kind of things that are a bit more difficult, or you can potentially sacrifice yourself and jump up and grab it, and you know maybe you get a second to throw it, but you are nearly dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I can see this working as as VR or third person. They're basically I, the yeah. Two look, that I, I think sort of VR would be fine with the frisbee stuff, but. I think getting around, I think traversal is still too much of a pain yep. for that to really work well. I was thinking I was thinking third person because you get a sense of your position for catching the frisbee. Um, I think it gives you a good, like, I think when you're sort of aiming a throw, you can get a, an approximate arc of where it's going to go yep. um, based on, you know, your strength. Because obviously some of the, like you said, some of the characters can do really, really long throws. Some of them will, uh, it'll fall short sooner and yeah and then also that just gives you a lot of character you can if you're seeing your character in third person all the time so what i'm sort of looking at now then is a different way that you can actually get the throwing sort of happening with the triggers um Mm. i'm liking the idea of you know you hold the left trigger to, to sort of pull back um and then as you want to go forward you you switch it over to the right trigger but then you let go when you want to let go sort of thing so oh, you one let trigger go pulls of it the back, the other left. one puts it forward. Um, uh, no, I was sort of thinking, have, having it between the, between the two. Um, so one pulls it back, and then the other one goes to goes to put it forward. Um, but it's only as you're holding it down that it actually starts to go forward. And when you let go, that's when you actually let go of the. Um- okay, so I actually like it a little bit different. Where the left is, the left does pull it back. I don't think that necessarily has to be a slow thing it's more of just all right i'm going into like throw mode but Mm -hmm. then 
the faster you pull down on the right trigger, the sort of faster you're going to throw it forward. But while you're holding down the left trigger, the character is still holding onto it. So it's when you mm-hmm. let go of the left trigger, because I'm sort of picturing this moment of like, all right, hold down the left trigger, slam down on the right, and let go of the left at the right time. For a really fast throw, but you know you might if you don't do it right at the right moment, you're not going to be accurate. Whereas if you pull pull down on the right trigger a little bit more slowly, you're gonna you're gonna have the opportunity to let go of that left right at the right time for the because maybe you get a little indicator or something for like a perfectly aimed throw. Well, um, there you go. Maybe, maybe you you do hold down on the on the left trigger to hold the frisbee, but you use the thumbstick to to move. Yeah, the hand. it could be the thumbstick too. It could be the thumbstick too. Um, because then you got to like keep it straight. Um, you can move your. My only issue with that is that that's actually yeah. really fucking difficult to to do straight. Like you'd have to have that fairly lenient. Oh yeah, because you don't want to. You don't want to constantly be like, you know, curving off to the left because your thumbstick's a bit off, or you just can't quite get that immediate center mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, but no, I, I do like that idea of of sort of having to time the the release. Um. As such, to to really get the right throw, that's cool. Cool. Okay, Benjamin. All right. Well, release your idea upon the world. Well, first, what's your frizz? What was that? (laughs) Listen again. (laughs) Is that a fucking Mario soundboard or something? Um, I was given a Mario um question block uh, Uh, key. (laughs) Did you mean to do that then? No, I accidentally kept it. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, firstly, what's your frisbee game called? Um, Spisby, Spisby Wars, Frizzpocalypse, Frizzpocalypse. Cool, Frizzpocalypse twenty thirty seven. All right. Well, I didn't come up with anything else, so I'm going to pitch the other game that I mentioned to you the other day, mm-hmm. um, which is one that I'm actually potentially going to start building, but. I little really, peek behind the curtain, as it were. Yeah, I really enjoy twin stick shooters uh, because it's sort of just a bit of twitch, twitchy gameplay that I can do while I like listen to podcasts or something. And, and particularly if it's sort of an endless, uh, you know, survival kind of mode to just try for a high score, sit around, do it again. Uh, mm-hmm. I played a ton of Crimson Land back in the day. I finished that game countless times, so I could just unlock everything and do the the unlimited mode. And I'm, and I th- and I was actually like top. 10 in the world or top yeah I think so I had a screenshot anyway I think I lost it my idea though for a sort of a twin stick shooter it's is um, a, like a side scrolling like a platforming twin stick shooter um, so you're you know jumping around on platforms I'm thinking a fairly limited area uh, where but similarly and look there have been games uh, along these lines where you're aiming, you know, you're aiming still with the thumbstick. Um, and I think just if you, it's one of these ones where you hold the thumbstick in a direction and you just fire in that direction. You don't have to press any other buttons because otherwise mm-hmm. that gets a bit tricky with like jumping and stuff. Um, but it's, uh, it's like an endless survival sort of mode. Roguelike uh, kind of uh, attributes where uh, you, as you play, you, you unlock new things that might show up in the level power-ups and, and permanent improvements to your character and that sort of thing. A la Dead Cells. Uh, yeah, a la Dead Cells as well. And the sort of theme that I was going for, or that I thought of, is sort of a monster-based theme. Like, initially it was just vampires, but I think you could do something <laughs> where you can bring in a lot of different monsters. And the reason I like that is because you get a variety in the way that you need to kill things, right? Um, so, you know, vampires- Now, you need- now I'm picturing one of the, one of the power-ups for the, va- for the vampires is like a UV cannon. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, or like a UV then, grenade or something. Yeah, you've got um, your typical weapon is actually like a crossbow with like stakes in it yep. that you can shoot them in the heart. Yep. Um, you've I think got that a- still does damage. Like, I don't think it, we're going to make it so you have to shoot them in the heart every time, but that's like a critical hit. Yeah, I, I think if you if you get them in the heart, they immediately dust. Yep. Um, if you if you hit them elsewhere, they just slow down a bit and they've lost quite a bit of health. Yeah, and you can um, still kill them that way, I think, you know- they they don't necessarily dust, then maybe they just fall down dead. Or yes. dust slowly after they've, they've, they've died. lost too much blood and they're, yeah. they're now, you know, um, they but now I'm thinking need you can also like to, to stay away, alive. Um, oh, you like could even bring in- power-ups. 
they've their got power ups are, are, are virgins that come through the level. Oh my god! And just <laughs> chow down, and they get. No, they get I'm, all I'm their thinking most things are pretty much cannon fodder. Um, obviously, you'll have more powerful enemies coming, but I think the real challenge comes from the different types of enemies uh, and just the, the sheer numbers, right? Yep. Uh, I, I was thinking also maybe you could bring in some sort of tower defensive aspects, or not necessarily tower defensive. I guess again, sort of like dead cells. You've got traps. Um, yep. that you can put down. So you can put like a UV, you know, spotlight in a certain position and they either have to avoid that area or if they walk through it, they're just, you know, damage is done to them until they turn to dust. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, as the levels go on, it's like, oh shit, now there's werewolves as well. Werewolves don't give a fuck about UV light. You're still going to damage them with the wooden stakes, but not as much. But, but silver. But find some silver weaponry or silver ammo or yeah, like- Silver, maybe you get silver sta- silver bolts for your crossbow if you stick with that, or maybe you've just, you know, you could just have it one of these games where you've got an unlimited type of number of weapons you can switch between. Or, well, it might be more challenging to have two or three weapons you have to switch between to to really decide what sort of coverage you want for doing damage to different types of of creatures. Um, so, um, for the mummy, what is what's actually going to? Well, I think for the mummy, it's fire based weapons, right? Yep. Because okay. they're going to be pretty dry and, dry and flammable. Well, Frankenstein's monster. Frankenstein's monster has got to be explosives because you just like you said, you held together with fucking stitches and stuff. <laughs> um, and pitchforks, maybe. Pitchforks, yeah. Well, they can be some of the traps. You can set up like pitchforks that swing down from the ceiling and just take his head off. Um, monster from the <laughs> Black Lagoon. Is that where you're going? That creature yeah, from Black Lagoon. I was thinking, yeah, sort of like Swamp Thing. Um, I think they're just they're actually out of the water, so they just drown in the air. <laughs> you don't even have to fight them. They just come the onto the screen. They're the hardest one to actually destroy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Invisible Man. <laughs> <laughs> the Invisible Man. Jesus. You, ha- you, uh, you have to set up, like, fucking f- clouds of mist or something so you can see him walking through them and pushing the mist aside. No, what, what, what actually um, is his weakness is paint. Right, you set up paint traps, or you've got a paintball gun. Yeah, I like that you've just got a paintball gun. You're just, like, paranoid, firing it in all directions all the time. Until you hit them, it's or, like, oh, yes, now they're going to paint Or you can put out, like, um, spray paint sort of thing. And, you know, some of the mist is going to get on the Invisible Man. Yeah, yeah. That, that's actually not bad. I, I was thinking the Invisible Man is just a joke one, but you could actually do some cool stuff with that. Yeah, can you imagine, that- like, a whole level where it's just Invisible Man? Jesus Christ. Um, I, I kind of like the idea of there being, like, a secret bonus level. Yeah. Um, in which you're going up against, like, say, the Wet Bandits, because it turns out that you're <laughs> Kevin McAllister. <laughs> what, what's he got to do with monsters? Setting up traps. <laughs> oh, traps, all right. <laughs> Lots of people set up traps, though. Uh, um, okay, so so then you've also I, I, got Predators, um, because you're oh also gosh. Arnold Schwarzenegger from um, Predator, and then you've got- Because he um, set up traps, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, who else, who else set up traps? traps? <laughs> we delve into that memory of yours and find some other trap setters. Um, Jigsaw. He <laughs> <laughs> set up these horribly, like, psychological, messed up, but gory <laughs> traps for the vampires that are coming. <laughs> Again, Kevin McAllister. <laughs> that, that's a um, that's a um, like that fan theory that's been going around that Jigsaw is oh, actually Kevin Jigsaw McAllister. Jigsaw is Kevin McAllister. <laughs> Changed his name. Okay. <laughs> Got cancer. Died. Died. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, but anyway, I think that's. I think that could be just a cool twist on sort of a, a rogue like. Yep. Twin stick shooter with yeah with a lot of opportunities there for for different styles of gameplay and, and yeah having to um because then you can do things like all right maybe you can only carry two or three weapons at once and they pop up randomly in the level mm-hmm. uh, and so it's like oh shit all right I got a flamethrower so if they if they if you know the random number generator throws a lot of mummies at me I'm good and of course your flamethrower is still going to do damage to others um, but it's all about what the sort of special damage like the extra damage is going to be but. Yep. You know, you get enough XP and you can buy a perk or whatever, which is um, flaming crossbow bolts or something. So, it's like, all right, now I don't need this flamethrower because I can just use my regular crossbow, which can take out vamps, but it's also on fire. So, it's also going to do extra damage to <laughs> to, to, to mummies. 
and um, um, you've got silver paint that um, that will, you know, obviously cover the um, yeah invisible man, but it's also silver, so it hurts the um, yeah 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 exactly. The, so I think you can you could definitely come up with a lot man. of combinations there uh, for how for just being able to in that very roguelike or you know crimson land sort of way where you're just layering perk upon perk as you get further and further, but also it's getting more and more difficult because there's, you know, the numbers are going up or you're getting more of the the more difficult uh, enemies and that sort of thing. So, is this... You said top-down before. No, no, no. Oh, well, Crimson Land was top-down. Yeah. Most twin-stick shooters in that way are sort of top-down in that there's no gravity... Like, they're ostensibly top-down where you can move in any direction. I'm thinking this is... I'm thinking this is side-on, though. I'm thinking this is... More of a platformer, okay, sort of thing. Um, so you got different paths through the levels, different entrances into the levels that they might be coming along. Uh, and again, that's sort of where the tower defense ish thing comes in as well, because you're like, all right, like the, you know, generally where monsters are going to be coming from, one of these five places or whatever. So it's like, all right, well, I'll take my odds and set up a UV spotlight here to take care of any vamps that are coming in over there, while I, you know, use my flamethrower on this other entrance because there seems to be a bunch of mummies coming in. But, you know, it's on a lower level, and so... But I like the idea, then, that you... You know, you can be firing your stake up into the air, hitting the hitting the vampires that are, like, jumping across the top levels while, mm-hmm. you know, switching back and forth while you're down below. Also, yeah, like, using your silver-coated paintballs to <laughs> mark invisible men and kill werewolves. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm liking... I'm liking a lot of this. Yeah. I'm just yeah. trying to think of the different environments that you can, like, set this up in. Oh, yeah. I mean, it could be anything. You know, you could have, uh, I mean, more, again, sort of the office building kind of outdoor sort of space. Um, you could have, like, medieval castle sort of stuff or, like, Transylvanian castle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, rocky cliffs in out in the forest. That's the Predator and Arnold Schwarzenegger level. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you could come up with a bunch of different environments. Um, Sci-fi with um, with aliens coming in. Yeah, totally. That's one of your bonus levels. And you could potentially even do multiplayer, um, whether it's... Well, I mean, for one, multiplayer co-op would be really cool. Yeah. Uh, but you could do competitive multiplayer where perhaps, you know, you, you each have your weaknesses. You know, oh, I'm part vampire, I'm part werewolf. And so, you know, you, it's, it's about choosing the right weapons to do the most damage to whoever you're attacking at, at any one point. Yeah, you, you're using the UV cannon and you accidentally point it at your partner. You're going to do some damage. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that too, if you're doing co-op. If they're a yeah. vampire. Yeah, for sure. They're so, an yeah, invisible uh, uh, man. You want to know where they are. <laughs> <laughs> but then the enemies do too. You do co-op. Uh, yeah, so I, I thought, well, I think there's a, some, some good potential there. And I may actually, in the lead up to our game jam that we're doing again this year... Uh, try to mess around and sort of grey box some of that out and come up with some of the basic gameplay stuff. Cool. So look out for that if I actually end up doing it. In knowing us, we probably won't. <laughs> we shall see. Uh, yeah. And the name of the game is Vampire Weekend. <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's. Weekend <laughs> at Bernie's, but B-U-R-N-I-E-S, and it's because you're setting mummies <laughs> on fire. Okay. I reckon that'll do for today. We managed I to get through five games and it mm-hmm. took it More took an hour. hour and 12 minutes to record <laughs> this. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks for joining us this week on our special last episode of 2018 Game of the Year edition. Thank you to the those folks in the AGPN who sent in their pictures. Hopefully we did them justice for you. Uh, and if you want to find us online, you can go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. That is probably the best place to do that. You can get to our YouTube. You can get to our Facebook and our Twitter, our other stuffs. You can now go and view our creator profiles and find out what other podcasts Trevor and I have guested on in the past. Awesome. Uh, yeah. We'd like to plug all our friends who gave us all the ideas today from the AJPN, the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Search for hashtag AJPN or go to at AGP Network on Twitter. And search for the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook. Finally, we'd like to thank Kuridus for the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. Sorry, you listened to sound like the end of a sentence. I know. (laughs) 
I was thinking I was going to say something else, and I couldn't think of what yeah, I was actually going to say. No, that's fine. I've got so a bit you- of a headache at the moment. Oh, no. Oh, good. So, thank you again for joining us this week on BitStorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And I'm Spider-Man, and I'm going to do a half spit turn into a uh, kick back flip manual into a uh, switch goofy web slide kick face punch move for 20,000 points. Thank you.